Welcome to Midweek Live, a podcast by North Point Community Church that's designed to help you get to know the people around you so we can do better and be better together. Hey everyone, so glad you're joining us today, uh, Midweek Live, middle of your day. I'm Kim. I'm Chris. Yeah, it's so glad that you're here, Chris. Um, If people didn't know, we've kind of been saying it a little bit throughout the month of September, but it is National Recovery Month. Yep. Um, Really just, and I love how Will said this on Sunday, just because the month is ending does not mean that recovery is ending or that uh, your ability to step in for the first time is ending. None of that is going away. Um, But we really are putting some extra effort in to allow people to hear stories. I also want to be sure I said, I say this, I said this when Peggy shared her testimony. This is not something we have everybody do. No, no, not at all. (laughs) Anonymity and confidentiality are so very important to celebrate recovery. And and so I just want to make sure that we say that right out of the gate. Yes. I did not say, Chris, you are doing this, whether no. you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we, we, yeah, we keep things confidential yes. all the time. Absolutely. Recovery, so it is a voluntary. Yeah. Thing. You have, you say, hey, I am willing to do this. Absolutely. And you're part of the, I'm, you're part of the team. Yeah, yes, the, I am. Yeah. I'm an encourager coach. There I you go. People, so, okay. Yeah, it's, it's good, but yeah. Nice. Um, the team is basically the leadership team there at Celebrate Recovery. And so um, wh- when did you share your first testimony with Celebrate Recovery? Uh, November of 2018. Okay. And yeah. that was fairly new. You were fairly, fairly new About to Celebrate Recovery. nine Re- months into Celebrate Recovery yeah. at that time. Yes. That is amazing. Yeah. And you've shared it again since then? Yeah, I've shared it again at our Celebrate Recovery. And about two months ago, I shared it at Northeast Assembly of That's God. That's so cool. And again, Celebrate Recovery is like every night. And so we... Yes try to get people need to hear testimonies in the work that God has done in their life. So we are willing to go and they, we've had other churches in on our celebrate recovery. Well, you were just telling me right before COVID hit, you were actually out of state. Yeah. I was, uh, our training facilities in Norman, Oklahoma. I was there for two weeks and I went to uh, celebrate recovery on a Tuesday night there. And, uh, I met the ministry leader and talked to him and it was a testimony night there and he came up introduced himself and asked me if I've ever given my testimony and I was like well I'm getting ready to yeah and he's like well he goes next time you're here we'll do it can you do it here and I said yeah we could arrange that and I was supposed to do it last August a year ago and uh COVID hit yeah yeah so I haven't been in there yeah but that's just really cool to imagine that like I mean, that is the beauty of testimonies, right? It's just human beings, like, relating with other human beings. Uh, absolutely. And the Celebrate Recovery testimony is what God has done mm-hmm. with your addictions or your hurts, habits, right. and hang-ups. And, right. And the work he's done in my life. And right. And so I've, why would I want to keep that a secret? Yeah, you know, so. absolutely. Because when you've experienced life beyond the struggle— Right. It's yes. something you actually want to talk yeah, about right. with other people right. and share because there are so many people that are living in that right now. Right. And you get an opportunity to share hope and encouragement. Absolutely. And hopefully somebody takes that first step into a new life of recovery. That's right. Because it does. It just takes that first step. Wow. And and God let God do the work. Yeah. You just got to be there to let him do it. Yeah. Right. A willing heart is always a very important Absolutely. part. Yeah. And you learn you learn that how to be willing. I I know I've stepped into many recovery groups and at first you're a little you're a little guarded, right? You're kind of mm-hmm. t- 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 taking temperature of the room and and um it takes some time, right? To just yeah. keep attending, keep 
showing up, right? Yeah. Um, keep, listening, keep listening. Keep sharing what you can. Let and, it work. Mm-hmm, yep, let allow it work allow the process to happen, but just keep going. That's like right. The importance of it is your consistency. That's right. It's funny because as addicts or even, str- you know, like we're so consistent with all the bad stuff, right? Right. <laughs> I can make time for Yeah, we this. have no problem right. <laughs> having the issues and sticking with them and, and we keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Right. But That's when some yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But then we then in recovery it's like we have to keep reminding it, keep coming. Just yeah. keep just keep coming yes. and wait for the miracle. So let's just kind of step in. Um you were you 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 were you were born here? Born and raised. About, okay. About two miles from here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Born so here in, so here in Fresno. What what was childhood like for you? Uh, childhood for me was was chaotic. Hmm. It was not, well, I didn't know the difference at the time, but I, I grew up in a household where there was a lot of drinking. Yeah. Um, I had two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three. And during my high school years, uh, you know, I had two brothers that were drug dealers. So yeah. Drugs and alcohol were part of growing up. Right. But I didn't know there was something wrong with alcohol. Well, I was going to say, if you've not, if that's not been your reality, I hear that, you know, you, somebody else hears that and goes, whoa, that's yeah. got to be really crummy. You know, yeah. the actuality is, you know, you know, no other no. reality. No, but you that. don't. And I mean, my parents would go out on the weekends and, and they would drink till three, four o'clock in the morning. And that yeah. was, that was normal. Yeah. And I, they would end up getting into an argument, of course. Right. And that was another part of my childhood was a lot of mm. anger and violence and everything else. Yeah. So. It comes with the territory. But again, you know, as you're growing up, it's just normal. Yeah, exactly. You would have no, well, I was even saying, even, even for my own guys, it's like, you know, when they complain about us, you know, getting on them about certain things, it's like, man, we're just being good, healthy parents here. Like you just have no, you, you just have no other form of, um, an example of, of, of a family beside your own, what you're living in, in your own. Right. And the, and the people that grew up in my neighborhood or grew up, uh, with my parents, their friends, and their kids, mm-hmm. we were all doing the same thing. Right. So, right. You think, so okay, for everybody, doing it. yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So, did you have any kind of um, God example, church influence, any of that growing up? Well, when my my mom left my dad when I was fourteen years old, and we started Hope Lutheran, I was okay. baptized as uh, a young adult. Okay. And uh, I mean, God was calling me then. Yeah. But I wasn't ready to listen. Yeah. And. Uh, I went to youth groups and I went to trips with them and minister or uh, uh, like missions, yeah, mission, stuff missionary like that. Thing, and mission it was just, it was there. It was fun, but honestly, it was I was going because of the girls. Ah. So it was. It was. Uh, I have a feeling it tends to be a lot of first. You yeah. know. <laughs> so there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of God in my life yeah. growing up. Not yeah. I mean in my family life, none. So. Right, and so. You really, because you're not, did even being exposed to church or a different way of life, did did were, did you make any connection with other people's lives and how different were you still, were you noticing no. anything different between? No, not still at all. not, yeah. yeah. Um, when did you meet your now wife? Which I think is, by the way, I love that your names are like literally <laughs> like a letter or two away from the same yeah. name. <laughs> and we've heard that our whole lives. Uh, <laughs> in high school, I met uh, I met Christy my senior year. She was a sophomore, and yeah. we were cruising up and down Blackstone. Oh, yeah. And I met her uh, there, and she got pregnant on her 16th birthday. Mm. I was 18, and yeah. uh, we got married a few months later, and I wow. joined the Navy after that, and yeah, so yeah. I met her back way back then. We'll be yeah. married what 
I better get this right. 33 years in February, so. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit out if you got it wrong. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is live, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so did, did things change at all when, when you met Christy? Did you feel like um, there was things about your life that you wanted to kind of iron out or straighten out or any of those things? Or but I, I, was, I was a young man, uh, joined the Navy. Um, yeah, there, the things that changed, I got away from my family, my, mm. my influence. And I thought I'm going to be different. I'm yeah. going to be different to my wife than my dad was. I'm going to be different to my kids when they're born. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I had the perfect plan laid out. Yeah. Well, you know, the perfect plans don't always happen. Yeah. So. Was it more on the level of like, I'm going to be there for my kids. Cause my, my parents really weren't there for me. It was right. more on the like fundamental, I'm right. going to love my family. I'm going to do things different. Did it include things like, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to go out partying. Was it like that distinct or was it just we're, I'm not going to have the I'm not going to give my kids the same childhood I had. Right. No, I was going to give my kids a better childhood. My wife and I, you're in the Navy. Of course, you're going to go have drinks here and there with your buddies and stuff. But we didn't we didn't really do anything while we were when we were first married. We didn't drink a lot. We didn't yeah. do drugs at all yeah. or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. It was just her and I on the East Coast, uh, young people. No family around, nobody. It was just her and I yeah. and our baby, who's now 32. But yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, we lived the same life. What, what part of the East Coast were you guys on? Do you remember what state I you lived were in? in uh, we lived in Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. Uh, then we lived in Staten Island, New York. And then okay. we went back to Woodbridge, Virginia, which is like right outside of Washington, D.C. Okay. Yeah. There is an interesting, I, I can relate with that. There's no, there's nobody else around. It's just you and me. Yep. And there's a, I think there's a really great bond that happens with your family during that time. There yeah. is a, there's, like I said, there's nobody else. There's no right. other distractions. There's no other like high school friends or nope. longtime family. It's just the two of you kind of trying to figure out life and yeah. make wise decisions as best you can because you're young right. at, at that same time. Yeah, and my youngest son, he was born uh, in Washington, D.C. at Bethesda Naval Hospital way back then. So we were... Yeah. I think at that time I was what little over twenty. Yeah, and we had two kids. Yeah, family and, of four. Yeah, and it was it was there was a lot of peace, but there was a lot of questioning. And yeah, no chaos at that time, really. Right. So. The normal, maybe the normal frustrations of being young oh, and yeah. married and all of that, but yep. there was no drugs. No. There was no alcohol involved. No. When did that change? Okay, so we moved. We I got out of the Navy in '92, and we moved over to the Central Coast. Um, my wife had gotten to a car accident in 94 and, uh, she, we had a roommate and she had some methamphetamines. Mm. And so I was working graveyards, uh, for the postal service and I woke up and they're like, Hey, try this. And working nights and having two small kids and having a wife that was in a car accident, it was like, Hey, yeah. this is great. This is an escape. I, I could stay awake. I could get things done. I could go to work and, be, and I wasn't hurting anybody. Right. So that's when it started. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's, a, you know, your reasons, Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that does keep you up. That does help you to, you know, right. have the energy for the kids because she's maybe not as, you know, you, you've lost a partner in, right. in this process. And so how, how long, oh, how man. long did that last for? Okay. So <laughs> we started over in Salinas and then uh, we did, we did it a little bit over there. Then my brother would come over and we would do it with him and we would do it on weekends. Then we moved back to Fresno. And we did it for quite a while. Uh, we had we had some friends that we'd party with on the weekends, and I'd always be the one to go get it, and I'd get my own mm-hmm. uh, on the side. Mm-hmm. So we'd party, and then I'd have stuff for the the, the week of work, and it was a and, bad cycle because I yeah. would do it to stay awake. Yeah. 
to go to work, I'd get off and I'd be wide awake and do it again to go to work right. again. So it, and then I just stopped going to work. So yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> at what point did you just right. stop but actually? I, I was yeah. in control, right? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you do feel like yeah. you do feel like as if you are in control. There is a skewed vision of oh, how yeah, things absolutely. are, and, and no matter how much she and I were fighting and how dysfunctional. I mean, I went to jail during that mm. time for domestic violence for, uh, that was in 97 and, uh, went into the house and just made a complete fool of myself was ripped. The, that was mm. before cell phones. They tried mm -hmm. to call 911. I ripped, ripped the phone up, out of the wall, wall and ended up in jail and she bailed me out. Mm. And it went on until, uh, I, I got fired from the post office and, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to take my unemployment check and go get jacked up and go to Reno and gambled, of course, yeah. and uh, gambled it away, then came home, and I called her from Turlock, and I told her, I, she goes, I'm done. She goes, I yeah. sold all your stuff. I had to yeah. pay the bills, and yeah. I had my God moment there where I just I prayed to God and that I, I mm. can't do this alone, yeah. and uh, I, I, I wasn't a, a big believer in God, but mm. God God told me that day, he goes, go, go. Mm go relax. And so I went to sleep for like four or five hours mm. and I got up and came home and I'd never done drugs again ever wow. since then. Yeah. It was, she took me back in and, and I rebuilt my life from, yeah. from drugs. So yeah. it was, it was, that was total God. Cause I've yeah. never had been tempted again. And that yeah. was after like three years of doing, I was going to say, did it take, did it take, what do you think was actually the motivating factor there? Did you have those moments of like, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm looking back on this whole situation now and everything I said I didn't want to have happen in my own home is now happening. Did you have that moment? I did. I had a few a few times, I mean, where, where anger, anger was a huge part of my life. And uh, I thought being a man, you know, mm -hmm. I could be angry all the time and mm -hmm. no one would say anything about it. And, and I would look there and say, you just turned into your dad. Yeah. You're not drinking, right. but you're doing drugs. So you did have these realizations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. But Absolutely. it didn't seem to be the, enough to stop not, not at the that behavior. Time. No, it took God to do that. And do you feel like it was the situation, Christy, saying like, nope, this is, I've grabbed stuff. I need to pay for it. We're done. Or was it just like, I'm done. Like, I'm It was I'm God done. telling me, I've got you. Yeah. And oh. you're done. And and I and that hmm. is the honest God's truth. In my testimony hmm. that I give, hmm. at that moment, right, again, hmm. God was, I put God in my life. And I yeah. put God in control of my life for yeah. that time. Yeah. And so. Yeah. So things went good for a while. For a while, yes. Were you in recovery at that time? No. No. Nope. It was... I, was, I was supposed to go to recovery. Um, well, let me rephrase that. I did go to recovery when I, when I got my job back at the Postal Service after two years of mm. being terminated. They they uh, required me to go to uh, Narcotics Anonymous, an employee assistance program and all this stuff. So I had to go to Narcotics Anonymous. Yeah. And I did. Uh, I did it as a requirement. But it was after the fact. I'd mm. been clean for like two years okay. before I started doing it, but it was still good to go to. Mm. And there was a couple things, you know, I mean, I had to end up, I got arrested again for not doing the stuff, the court ordered stuff that I was supposed got to do. It. We were clean and sober. We yes. were sitting at our house, listening to music and the cops came to the door, took me away. Really? Uh, Cause I had bench warrants. Right. And so, uh, I went to a domestic violence class for a year, mm -hmm. every week for a year. And you know, there's a lot of counselors in there that that makes you realize what you're doing, why you're mad, mm. why why mm. no one makes you mad, you make yourself mad, yeah. all that stuff. And, you know, one of the guys told me, he goes, you had a really 
dysfunctional childhood yeah. while you're growing up. And he goes, so when things are going smooth in your life, you like to throw a wrench in it because that yeah. dis- that's dysfunction is comfort yeah. to you. And that was like yeah. an aha moment right there. Yeah, that discomfort. So. That that Sorry, when things are good, yeah. that is uncomfortable, right. subliminally uncomfortable for right. you. It's not what you're used to. Right. So you're trying to get it back to chaos, yeah, well, even though chaos is in fact chaos. Right. But you're more comfortable in Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, it's true, but it's, true. but it is, but it is a very true statement. Yeah. It's, it's sad that it's a true statement, but yeah. it does go to show you how much like your childhood, your, um, home, your family around you and stuff influence yeah. you for decades. Come, you hadn't yeah. lived with your parents or lived in a situation like that in, in decades, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Two years or t- <laughs> two decades. Yeah. Now, yeah. So much, a good yeah. 20 years. So things are going good. You got your job back. Yeah. You got your wife, you know, got the yeah. family. Got it's like it sounds like a country song backwards, right? You got everything back, but things changed again. Yeah, I, I started taking control of my life again and put God to the side, and uh, or put God in His box in the corner. Mm. You know, He's there if I need Him. But yeah, yeah, and so I, you know, I started gambling. Hmm. Um, gambling, something everyone does, so it's accepted. Yeah, and I would hit the casino all the time. I was, you know, doing it a lot. Yeah, but I was winning, but I was spending the winnings and not saving them for losses right so, especially when i started sports betting hmm. gambling gambling was more of an addiction to me than drugs hmm. and i i had i found something that was acceptable something i could do that yeah no one cared about yeah until i started opening lines of credit yeah uh, all to myself i was gonna say christy know any about no. this well not at first right um yeah so i would i would open lines of credit i would pay off my bookies Hmm. And I'd be like, okay, how am I going to pay this off hmm. now? I mean, I even I had a motorcycle at a time, and I went over to a loan place and took a loan against it for mm-hmm. like 43% interest mm-hmm. to pay my off. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Wow. I mean, it, it got to a point where I was sitting there at night, and I couldn't sleep. You know, well, how am I going to get out of this debt? Yeah. How am I going to pay this? And, I, yeah. and I'm talking, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And yeah. she knew about it. But we were we were in a place in our relationship where we were not we weren't even communicating. Yeah. We would just pretend we were happy sometimes, yeah. but for the most part right. it was like you do, do your, your thing, thing, I'm gonna do my own do thing. Own and thing. then she would she would do the bills because yeah. I couldn't be financially trusted. Right. And she would come up and say, Hey, you know, where's this two thousand dollars? Where's yeah. this four thousand dollars? I'd yeah. say, Oh, I will never do it again. Well, yeah. You know, one of the things I learned growing up is if you lie, right, you get off the hook right then and there. Hmm. And I did that for a long time. So. Yeah. I mean, even even when we started coming to North Point, yeah, I would come in here on Sundays, yeah, and and I would hear Shane or Steve or anyone up right. there giving a message, but right. I wasn't listening to it yeah. because I was so worried about how am I yeah. going to get out of this debt. And I and I you know I would go as far as to say I don't think that's that abnormal on right. a Sunday that we would have people attending for a long period of time, and it's it's just it's just a facade really. Yeah. It's to look the part. It's to check that it off the list, right? right? To look that you're healthy, right? Exactly. And there's, is it, is it correct in saying, is that even for you? A part of you can be like, well, I'm not that bad of a person because I'm going to church. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, I'm working on it. It'll click with me sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, but you've got to be able to hear what God is saying through our teachers here. And, and I wasn't hearing it at that time. I wasn't having nothing of it. I've heard it said that, um, when you quit one addiction, you, change to a different one right and so this one ended up being gambling for many people it could be something like 
eating too much or, you know, smoking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, a drug addict could start drinking, right. you know, and, you right. know, I'm not doing this, but right. I'm drinking. Isn't, right. You know, but, but it's fine. It's just social right. or it's just this or right. it's ju- well, that, just that's that. That's the bad thing about gambling is that, hey, I was part of a poker league and we would play once a month. I mean, a high right. stakes poker league. Right. You know, we had a tournament. It, it, <laughs> it didn't bother me. I mean, but when I when I quit gambling yeah. when in April of 2018, when I quit gambling, yeah. I had to, a couple of the guys are still my friends and they, yeah. They understand what I went through and why I had to do what I had right. to do. But a lot of those guys, the other eight or nine guys, I don't even associate with right. anymore. And that that's too bad because yeah. I'd like them to see what God has done in case yeah. they go down that same path of gambling. Because I know of yeah. a couple of them that are in the same situation, if not worse now, than yeah. I was back then. What made you get help for the gambling? Uh, I had nowhere else to turn. Mm. And I was just like, this is it. Uh, mm. I need to... I need to figure something out. So I went to Gamblers Anonymous, and and there was a lot of broke, broken people there. And like I said, my wife and I, we were not in a place. So she started coming to celebrate recovery okay. to deal with me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I'm going to yeah. figure out how to fix him. Yeah. And she came a couple weeks, and then she was like, will you come? And I was yeah. like, you know, I drove by the banner Oh, a million yeah. times, oh, and yeah. I always thought it was for people yeah. that were celebrating their recovery. They're already oh. cured of their hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And that is actually really helpful to yeah, know. Yeah. Interesting. And, you okay. Know, you're celebrating okay. recovery, right? Yeah. But I tell you, I, uh, when I came here, she brought me here. She introduced me to Pastor Mike, and man, it was it was just mind blowing. It mm-hmm. was it was like wow, this is really cool. These people yeah. are really cool. And yeah. uh, went in, went to CR 101 and watched the video. And it was just, it just changed my life that night when I came here, it just changed everything. Mm. So did it, was it hard for you to make it? I mean, like, I feel like there are certain things and gambling, I think falls underneath this. Um, it's not the typical addiction, right? Right. And it's socially acceptable. Yes. Um, so was it hard for you to identify that this was an addiction or do you think it was pretty easy at that point? Oh no. When, 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 I mean, being an addictive person, yeah, I knew I, I was hooked. Yeah. I mean, cause you do, you do drugs and you get that high. You're always chasing that high. When I hit a $9,000 jackpot at table mountain, I was always up there chasing that, that yes. high yeah. again because yeah. that, that rush. So coming here, I learned about addictions coming to celebrate recovery. I learned about addiction mm. and, basically what leads to my, what led to my mm-hmm. addiction. And it, it had nothing to do with substance abuse. Right. Remember that was just a short blip, right. uh, but it had to do with hurts of my life mm-hmm. that I, I've since mm-hmm. dealt with. Mm-hmm. And, man, I, I could sleep and I mm-hmm. could be peaceful. And even though something socially acceptable doesn't mean it can't harm you. I mean, alcohol is socially acceptable yeah. to an extent. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, you can go to a bar right now yeah, and there's right. people drinking and it's no biggie. Right. 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 You go to Table Mountain or Chichonsi yeah. or whatever. There's a ton of people up there gambling there and they're spending their last paycheck. Yeah. So And you don't you don't always take that into consideration because no. you could be somebody. We were talking about this, you know. Um, having an addictive personality, the bummer about it is that you don't discover it until it, it kind of discovers you, right? right? Right, It's one of those things. Um, I'm, I, I gave you the example that I was given when we were doing recovery when we were a lot younger that I've told my sons growing up. And it's like, you know, a bee allergy. You and I might, you know, you and I look exactly the same, but 
one of us might have a bee allergy right. and you just don't know till you get stung by a bee. That's right. That's right. Um, the difference is that with things like drugs or alcohol or even gambling, things like that, and I think it's really important that we that we say the importance of identifying the many things you can be addicted to. Right, right. For yeah. for ladies, I feel like shopping can be one of those things. Yes. You, you get that excitement, you know, the th- and online shopping. It's easy. Because not only is it easy, but you get a little bit of a of, of a you know, dopamine right. by picking something out. But then you get another one when it arrives, right. and then, you and then another up. one when you wear it. You know, <laughs> like it, it keeps kind of um, hitting those um, those hot highs, as right. we would say. And so I think identifying that exact thing, this chemical something that happens in me. us yeah. when we, um, by our own means, by our own decisions, do something, then that gives us that feeling. Right. Right. And so I think really it's so there are so many socially acceptable addictions right. that we need to learn to identify all like many of them and really right. asking the right questions with the people that we care about, with our family, right. with and our the, kids. And see, yeah, when you when you see it in, in somebody, I mean, one of the things they teach us in Celebrate Recovery is that we're not here to fix you. Mm. We'll, we'll help you. Yeah. But we're not here to fix you. And so when you see it in somebody and you mm. want so bad to say, look, yes, stop, I'm seeing, yeah. you, you can't do that. You've yeah, got to let gotta them let come there. along their own path, yeah. and, and it could be anything. It could. Yes. You know, one of the things that you learn, I mean, it was just like Ronnie's message on Sunday when mm. he was talking about sexuality. Yes. I went to him after the service, and I was like, man, this can hit yes. any of the addictions that are in there. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I know. And I was yeah. like, it's crazy because you could fall into that trap, and people need to realize they could fall into that trap. And, you know, yeah. you don't realize what drives addiction until – I didn't realize what drove addiction until I went to celebrate recovery. Yeah. And I learned about hurts. Yeah. And I learned about uh, stuff that I grew up with that can impact the way you decide things. Yeah. And and it drove a lot of my addictions. Yeah. Uh, growing up hurt and yes. violent household and yeah. everything else drove yes. a lot of that. It was comfort. Yes. So. I went to a counselor uh, years ago, and I loved that he gave this example. He said, you know, that throughout your life there are moments where, like, a tuning fork almost gets set in your life and an experience or whatever. You know, if you've ever been around a tuning fork, I'm not sure if you guys know what that is. The, anyway, it's Yamaha image. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but if you if you have it and you hit something, it rings out. And so it gets – there's certain times in life where you have these moments of effect. Right. And they happen when you're really young and as you grow through life. But then as an adult, you have these moments that trigger. If I set a tuning fork next to these other tuning forks, they'll all start to ring. They'll all respond. All the way back to those things that I experienced when I was 6, 7, 10, 12, 15, you know. So when when we think about how that affects us, right, an emotion, a difficulty that we happen to be walking in right now, it actually rings true for a hurt all the way back when we were young. And you might not know that. Right. You might not know what's driving what's going on Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah a, a feeling of, you know, uh, maybe a parent maybe a parent left mm-hmm. your home, you know, and you and, and there's a pain that you're dealing with That's there. Right. Or maybe someone hurt you, right? There's a pain that you're dealing with there. Right. And so and so really what you're doing now is trying to to not feel that. Right. Right, not feel that emotion right. anymore. Well, there's a there's a fourth step in in uh, our step studies. Yeah, I went through one. I led one, so I did two step studies, and the fourth step is basically an inventory process. Yeah, and you basically put down the people yeah. in your life, what happened, what yeah. effect it had on you, and what part you played. Because we right. all play a part. I mean, there's certain things that we don't play a part. Right, in. you know, abuse, yes, stuff like absolutely. that. You don't play a part in, but 
there's some things like right. if I inventoried my wife, for example, there's parts that I played into my inventory right. for the hurts that she right. caused me. So right. uh, that that was believe it or not, that's a lot of times when people like quit. Yes. But it was it's my favorite step. Yeah. And well, it should be. I mean, it should be the thing where if we're really wanting recovery, really wanting to dig in and we recognize that this is the thing. Right. We would never tell a doctor like, I'm not going to do that blood work or that X-ray or that whatever, right. you know, to discover right. what the issue is. We right. would never say that. For the most part, we're going to be like, OK, okay. I don't really want to do this, yeah. but I'll do right. But I'll do it because I want answers. Right. And that's really what this that step right. is all about is right. discovering. It is. It, it is. And. Another step that we do after that is the daily inventory process. Right. And what I like about that is if I caused you hurt, I would be able, hopefully, to go home, journal it, and come back to you the next day and say, hey, I want to make an amends right. to you for what I did. Or if you hurt me, I could right. offer you forgiveness. Too, right. You know, and right. It, it daily, daily inventory helps me tremendously. Just, yeah. just to journal it, to write it down, to think about it, uh, to pray about it. Yeah. Uh, bring it to God in my quiet time in the morning right. before work. And right. You know, and a lot of times it makes my day a lot better. Uh, I've I've been in recovery for a few years now, and my my crews at work they're like, you always look mad. You you look happy now, or you're smiling, or yeah. what's up with you? And yeah. So yeah. gives me a chance to share God too. Yeah, so. absolutely, and it should be. I mean, honestly, and I think we've said this a few times, um, even during this month specifically, but recovery doesn't ha- recovery does not have to be for the things that we're used to hearing it's for. Right. Right. It's really just life dealing, <laughs> dealing yeah. with life, dealing with how our life has shaped us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the beauty of it is that, like, the Lord didn't make a mistake along no. the way. He, no. You have a unique story. When I was reading your story, I was telling you how relatable your story was for me. You right. know, my husband was also in the Navy. And we did, you know, like, we did so many of the things and experienced so much of what you guys experienced that when I was reading, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like. Right. It feels like I'm reading portions of our story. Yeah, it's crazy. And I've listened to testimonies. I mean, it's funny when you go to recovery or celebrate recovery, you're like, okay, when's this going to be done? I'm going to give it a year, <laughs> six months, I'll get me done. And, yeah. you know, we're going in four years now, and it's like, okay, yeah. we're not done. Yeah. There's a lot of work. But yeah. when people give their testimonies, uh, sometimes it's a woman doing it, sometimes it's a, a man doing it. And uh, it was like a couple of weeks ago we saw our first couple do it. Yeah. And you, you can grab bits and pieces of yes. each one of their stories and say, hey, yeah. that's what I went through, and this is what they did, yeah. this is what they did. And, yeah. and I could apply that to yeah. my life. And yeah. I mean, uh, Celebrate Recovery is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and it is for everybody that has any kind of hurt. Yeah, or even and we all do. Who's yeah. who's void of hurt, right? right? I, I lucky you if you are. You <laughs> I, know? I, I highly doubt it. I think Jesus himself was the only one that walked around that that <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't. I mean, and even he was hurt, but you right. know, he was perfect. So yeah. you know, yeah. um, I think it is um, important for us to just remind people the importance of I, I, I said it off the top but I'm just going to say it again if you've chimed in um, just more recently you ha- you have to go and show up and keep just keep coming yep. I love how you said you know like when is this going to be over right because right. you, you have this feeling oftentimes right. that you're like okay well I'm going to give it a year yeah. and we're going to see if I get any results after yeah. a year and the reality is that yeah at any point in time you could be working on something else you know if I were to step back into celebrate recovery um, I probably would not say, you know, hi, my name is Kim and I'm dealing with code- codependency and anger and depression because I really right. do feel like God has done a lot of healing work in me through right. those things. It would be something else and it right. would be me really kind of searching and prayerfully going, okay, what, it, you know, I'll be honest, there are um, always reasons 
to grow right. in our understanding of how God is using our story to shape us and encourage others. And we can always use the help to do an introspective look at who That's we right. are. That's right. And and discover what God really wants to shape us and move us through in every season of life. He's got a plan. Right. Right? Well, it's funny. I mean, when I when I came to celebrate recovery, it was for addiction. I'm my name's Chris. I'm a grateful believer, yeah. and I struggle with addiction. Right now, I'll get up there and I'll be. My name's Chris. I struggle with addiction, anger issues, codependency, and life on life's terms. Right, you know? and those are yeah. those are things that you deal with are general insecurities. You right. know, and and people, we need to realize that you know there's a family here, yeah, and there's a family in our church that that just are here to love on you mm -hmm. when you're struggling yeah. and, and it's a beautiful thing yeah How, do your guys your sons know about all oh, yeah. of it yeah yeah my wife and i we had written our testimony she wrote hers i wrote mine uh my oldest son and daughter-in-law and two granddaughters live up in washington and we gave them one-on-one -on -one testimonies uh we told them they sat down and listened to both of our mm -hmm. testimonies on a night and it's good for them to know the mess that we were in so they could see the work that God's done in our mm. lives. And my youngest son lives here and my other two grandkids, and he sees God in action in mm. us, mm -hmm. um, my wife and I. And he knows they, they, they were part of that growing up. They were yeah. part. And it's interesting when you talk to them, they don't remember the drugs. They yeah. don't remember that. Yeah. They remember the yelling and the screaming. Yeah. But that's a good thing because then yeah. they 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 didn't have to be tempted with it. But yeah. you know, and they also need to know where it can lead you if you choose to go down that path. Yeah. So they they're both aware of everything my wife yeah. and I have done. Do you, do you feel like it's a um, it's kind of weird? I mean, like it's a biblical thing, right? That that's something that's really difficult. Something you probably would wish to not have to share or or let people know about is actually probably one of your biggest strengths yeah. as far as sharing your life with the people that you love and with even strangers, strangers. as well. I mean, that last time I gave gave my testimony at Northeast Assembly of God, I all day at work, I had the devil just tell oh, me, yeah. you're not good enough. You're still yeah. no one wants to hear your story. Your story's oh, garbage. Yeah. And the people that will text you or Facebook you or come yeah. up to you after you give and say, man, I hit me here. That, yes. I and mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can glean on to yes. whatever someone's saying yeah. and say, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of encouragement would you give somebody um, living in denial of their addiction right now? Uh, living in denial is a tough thing. And that, that's step one. And, and you just got to realize that that if you think you've got it under control, it could be an addiction. And that right there is denial. So come in. Come, come to CR and learn about it. We yeah. have lessons. We cover the 12 yeah. steps, and, yeah. and one of them is denial. Yeah. So it'll teach you about it. Yeah. Uh, encourage, though, you, you've got to go do it. You've yeah. got to come and let the process happen. Yeah. So. Three things um, that have made the biggest impact on you in Celebrate Recovery? Oh. Just recovery in general? Recovery in general. Uh, Celebrate Recovery has, has helped me with my walk with God. Mm. Um, learning biblical principles uh, mm. encourages me. I don't want to miss church on Sunday, let alone miss church on Wednesday with Celebrate Recovery. Come yeah. here and I actually hear the message. Mm. And and knowing knowing that God God is always putting people in my path to tell me mm. his what he wants to hear. And Celebrate Recovery has done that. And I mean, the the pastors we have here speak so passionately and it's just like mm. and and for them to come out and admit the the struggles they've dealt with too. Right. And it, it, it just makes you feel welcome. And th that, that's one is just my walk with God and the positivity in my, my life, my marriage. My mm -hmm. marriage is 
better now for the last four mm. years than it's been in 32 years. Yeah. I mean, we've had great times. Don't get me right. wrong. But we had dark times. Yeah. But with God at the center of our life now, yeah. it's just Next it's moving level. mountains, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is great. Yeah. God is so good. No, God is good all the God. time. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being so open. I know that, again, this is not always the easiest thing, right? Yeah. To like share all the ugh, all the things yeah. that people work so hard to keep hidden right. from others, um, but that you'd be willing to kind of just open it all up for people to see because you do actually understand the value of like... It's God's story. It's, it's not God's my story. It's God's story. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, guys, join us tonight. Celebrate Recovery. Yep. Strike while the iron's hot. 5.30 you know? dinner, 6.30 doors open yeah. for lunch Come service. eat. Come eat. Hang out. Uh, maybe if that's too close to work, getting a come 6.30. I think we even still have Zoom, yeah, Zoom availability. Zoom available. Um, yeah. Zoom leaders. Just uh, if you want the link, uh, crnorthpoint.org. Uh, yep. And they will send you the link to the Zoom. Yeah. Uh, You'll see it right on that page in the details. You're going to see the the link to our website, and on that website for CR, you'll see a link that says, "Hey, I want the I want the Zoom I want yeah. the Zoom information." And it's great worship too. I mean, we have great worship, uh, live music every Wednesday during yeah. the large group, and the small groups yeah. are the meat and potatoes. Man, you get yeah. to know people. Yeah. Share your stories. You don't even have to share your story. You right. can just sit there and listen. You can just sit and listen. So, and yeah. that can make a huge impact. Yeah. I'm telling you, you could walk away tonight already feeling yeah. a little different. Like, yeah. oh, wow. I did my first night. Remember, yeah. we all, we all, everybody did the first, the first night. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so oh, the good news is, is you already know, Chris, if you're yep. walking in. Yep. So there you go. Um, and then again, we just want to encourage you don't let Satan take this away from you. Recovery is literally just a few hours away. You can come, you can build a community. You can join in online with Zoom. Um, God has got a plan for you, and we know that. And so don't let Satan take this away. Um, Step in and uh, just trust that God's going to do something big in your life. That's right. Like you did with Chris. That's right. And so many others that are in Celebrate Recovery. So be sure to check it out tonight, 630 or 530 for food. 530 for food. (laughs) 530 for food. All right, guys, uh, go and make it a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Sunday. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week for Midweek Live. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media at NPCC Fresno.